In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me is my uh, 70s film rat, the one, the only. Okay, we're going to have to, we're going to reset that. We're going to take it back. I want another take at that, Josh. We can do a little bit better. Travis Rats here. <laughs> Welcome to the Comic Exposure, where Travis Rats and I dive deep into graphic novels or trades, or we hang out and talk about what's going on in the world of nerddom or whatever we're reading or whatever we want to discuss, kind of in. You know, our foray into media, I think, is probably the best way to frame that. You may have just listened to an episode where Travis and I talked about manga, something we've never spent a lot of time talking about, uh, but we did. And because of that, Travis, I read some manga that I think we're going to do on another episode. Oh, yeah? So, okay. Yeah, yeah. But today's episode, folks, you are here for a comic book club episode. Uh, we have a special guest on the comic book club episode. Um multi i think you get the the what is the jacket that they do on snl uh, right? five timers five timers club. club yeah well i think you're more than five timers uh <laughs> <laughs> we've got andrea on the show with us hello andrea hello gentlemen good to see you we brought andrea on the show uh because of uh sort of the topic of this book that we read we read Blood of the Virgin. That's not the topic that we brought Andrea on for. <laughs> Although, uh, being this, the cryptid queen spooky season girl, honestly. Uh, so we we brought we brought Andrea on to, for the for the book Blood of the Virgin. It is by uh, Sammy Harkham. It is out on Pantheon Press. It is like the most indie book we've ever read, Travis. It might be. I think uh persepolis is up there this is very this is one of the most indie books we've read also the heaviest um, book it is like it's a big in, one in tome yeah it's a big it's a big guy <laughs> we read this it's a very it is a um a oh well i mean yeah <laughs> at the travis i just want to show you what it looks like without this I, cover on i know and, so good. it looks cool and, i, I and how great amazing. it looks without the slip cover on it's a coffee table book right there it is. Um, I was reading it and Gabby goes, what are you reading? <laughs> just a yellow book that says Blood of the Virgin I, on it. I, I feel like that is a, like, and, and not to say I didn't like the book, but I feel like that is a, a good prize for finishing this book. Yeah, like yes, having yes. a cool cover to put on your shelf. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, so yeah. we're reading Blood of the, we read Blood of the Virgin. We had Andrea on because this story is kind of a, it reads like a bio, but it's not a bio. And it's really a character piece studying a uh, a Iraqi Jewish immigrant, Seymour, in Hollywood uh, as a film editor who gets kind of a big break to direct a film. But not only are we exploring that kind of kind of process of like um, gory, hacky slash movies in the seventies in L.A., but then we're also exploring family life and we're exploring marriage and having children and the film industry and the holocaust somehow in immigration. there immigration uh, immigration like a whole bunch of stuff going on in this book um and it's a lot it's a lot of stuff now I want to kind of talk a little bit about, um, I kind of want to start this with with a little bit of, of what this is. So he wrote one of the first parts and it was in a, I think the very first, one of the very first sections ends up being published first in a like quarterly comic magazine mm -hmm. or something like that. And then later, and that was like in 2010. That was a long yeah. time ago, yeah. Yeah, when he, fit, when he publishes that first part. And then we get this story that, blossoms from there so I, I i like i want to talk a little bit about what did you, what was your experience reading this because it's a longer book it's it's got that indie comic pace where there's a lot of panels because you're doing a lot of stuff and a lot of storytelling not a lot of action um what was your experience how did you read this what did it look like for you to sit down and read this thing 
uh, Andrea, you know, you don't read as many comic books as we do. What was, what was your diet of blood of the Virgin? Like, what did that look like for you? Um, I mean, I, at first I was, I'm not gonna lie. I was intimidated by the sheer size of this thing. I was like, Oh no, because if it was a slog, I knew I had to get through this whole, like, what is it? Over 300 pages? It's about 300 and, I don't know, 300 some pages, something like yeah. that. Digital reader was 300 exactly. Mm, there you go, 300. <laughs> oh. I like the people with the actual book are like, I don't know how many pages of this. Um, so I, so I was very intimidated, but the second I started it, I, um, it, it had the feel of like for film people, like it had the, the tone and the feel and the pacing of like boogie nights. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. it just, it felt very, as someone who works, like I'm, I'm indie film set. So I like this, this, really hit home this that's part of the reason why that's part of the reason why i had you uh, we have you on is because you've done makeup on indie films yeah film studies teacher and and so just you coming into this with a different viewpoint than travis and i did you how many sittings did it take you to 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 dial through this guy only two i cranked through i only had about after my first sitting i had to stop because i had to make dinner i had like 100 pages left so i cranked through this thing really fast and the thing that really got me dragged me through it the most was all the moments on the film sets and Mm -hmm. just all the film and industry speak because it was it was for the most part pretty accurate there was a few things that that I was like well actually but I it really uh it gave me a little anxiety too because (laughs) they were so chaotic but I really Mm -hmm. but it pulled me through because it was that energy that was like I was pushing through and, and and reading um there were like those there's a few like insert stories that yeah. were very surprising, like the Holocaust one, which I'm sure we'll talk about. I don't want to jump ahead, but, um, but yeah, I, and then the, that last like hundred pages just kind of flew by. So I, it was, it was a really surprisingly easy read. Um, but I had, I felt kind of gross after some of it. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, whew, like I, I felt like I ran a marathon after I read it, but I, I, I'm going to start out by saying like, I enjoyed it. I feel like a few extra reads would actually be really good for this too, just because there's, there's just so much. There is so much. Travis, how did you read this thing? You read it digitally. What did your reading schedule look like? This is a big book, 300 pages. I read it in in three uh, sittings. uh, And actually- You and me both. And it's one of those where it's like you read in the first sitting, like, oh, I'm like, I'm gonna get a head start on, on this week's read. And you're like, you put like a good 30 pages into it. And then two days before the podcast, you're like, where did I leave off? You're like, oh, no, <laughs> I gotta read. Um, and so, uh, you know, honestly, though, after about 30 pages, the book that had prepared me for this, and we actually did it around the same time last year, was Ducks. Uh, yeah, after that's reading, what I was gonna say. It reminded me a lot of Ducks. After reading Ducks, I was. At some point in these indie books, and they're not all the same, but ones that are like this, you stop looking for the traditional plot, okay? Because yeah. there's, there's always that sense of like, what's the inciting incident? Like, where, where are we going through here? And then as, you know, you start to read through, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm past where this should be. I'm like, okay, let me, instead of looking for where things come in, it's just, okay, this is, this is why it's an indie book. Like I'm gonna have to consume this whole piece before I can even begin to figure out what's happening in here. So yeah. once I have that, then it becomes just like a war of attrition. I'm just like, okay, let's get through it. Let's get through it. Let's get through it. I'm not saying that there weren't enjoyable points, enjoyable moments in it, but it it really, I'm starting to, at least I am starting to have a uh, an approach to these indie books now that because we've done a couple of these these yeah. bigger. Um, uh, books and so that was kind of the take on that but i will to say that the buy-in when you when you sent me it you you just sent me hey here's some possible books we could do and i looked at this one and it was like 1970s schlocky horror film and i was like oh perfect i i want yeah. i want to say no more and i bought it immediately and uh so there was a little disheartening when i realized oh it wasn't what i thought it was going to be yeah like less I, about that. yeah i thought it was gonna be like you know, like like a special effects guy on these films, and like we were gonna be getting little mini lessons on like how to do this kind of thing, and, and like pop up, and um, so then I I just had to recalibrate after about thirty pages, and once I recalibrated, yeah. I was like, all right, let's see what we got. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I read it in three settings. I read about a hundred pages, a hundred pages, and a hundred pages. I kind of like d- like portioned it out in that piece. The first night I read it, um, I got about hundred pages in. I was like, okay. 
It's not what I thought it was going to be. So let's figure out what this book is. And so that's the, that's the next thing I want to talk about is what is this book, right? Um, I, I think, Andrew, you nailed it. This idea of like, it's kind of Boogie Nights-ish. It's kind of like you're you're just learning about this guy's life who's in this industry. Yeah. And you learn a little bit about the industry, but really it's just about like what happens to people in exactly. that industry, yes. right? I think that that's kind of the better thing of it. Um, and then it kind of takes this weird veer to Australia. And I'm j- New like- New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. Sorry, Auckland. New Zealand. <laughs> uh, Kiwis, not yeah. Aussies. So, so t- takes this- takes this dip to New Zealand and then comes back and and actually that the author is also from Auckland or like is from yeah. or Australia or he's in one of those places I read it I can't remember what which one it is now but that's the thing that I, I kind of want to talk about like what did you what is this book what is it what was your thought process of like what's the thread what's the story what did you see as kind of like this is what I'm finding out by reading this <sighs> if i can give you like what's the theme travis rats english teacher oh, what, what's the yeah so what's I, the I, for me like I'll, I'll i'll work away into the theme of it but to me at the end of it it, it was like a work-life balance right and mm-hmm. so we, we, we talk about the when you join a professional like the military like there are embedded cultural sacrifices that we all know have to be made if you're going to do that career uh, sacrifices you're going to have to make and then sacrifices your partner and your kids are going to have to make going into this. But we don't talk about that necessarily when it comes to other careers, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, they, they actually pointed this in, in the book when the director, uh, the first director gets fired, when he talks, uh, and at the end of it, when he meets his, like, one of his heroes, he says, the whole, like, tortured artist thing is, like, dead 50 years ago, right? This is an industry, right? And if you're going to, you know, work in this in- industry, like, and you're, 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 he's telling the main character, which is, is just do very, the job. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you got to do the job. Cause if you're looking at this as an art form, at least one of the things this story isn't saying, it seems to be saying is like, like art isn't a lot of art. Isn't like that. It is a job and it takes sacrifices and that work-life balance is there. Uh, you have to have it there. There is no, there, there are no brownie points for sacrificing everything for your art. Right. Yeah. In this, this story is saying, at least to me, when I got to the end of it, I'm like, what's this about? Which I found very refreshing and very eye-opening because I think a lot of people who are younger, and Andrea, maybe you could talk more about this, when they're coming out of high school, I'm like, what do you want to do? I want to do makeup for film. I want to do special effects. I want to direct. I want to do everything. They, they have this very artistic kumba, you know, like it's going to be yeah. in the trenches. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't know it's hard work. But the sense of but it's a, it's a different they <clears throat> sorry to interrupt um no please they they have a, a a different they've got a very fantastical type i outlook on what movies are and what films are and that's the thing i like i've had former students that have come on my sets as pas uh production assistants and i tell them i'm like <clears throat> you're gonna know within the first 30 minutes of when we actually start shooting a scene if you like this or not because it's a lot of hurry up and waits for certain jobs. That's me. I'm a hurry up and wait girl because I am always the first person on set doing the makeup. And then we, they're saying at the shoot and then I just waiting until I do touch-ups, last looks, whatever. And so it's, it's not glamorous, you know, like granted I'm on a small budget thing. Like I'm sure bigger sets, Marvel sets and you know, everything studio, studio movies have more of a glamorous aspect to them because there's money there. But at the same time, no matter what making a movie is making a movie and there's not there's it's yeah like no one's patting you on the back no one's giving you cuddles and telling you you're doing a great job all the time it's this was a very realistic term i mean there's i wouldn't i would say there's not a lot of likable people in this entire story so it's a little more aggressive it's a little more gross but i'd say this is like this is a good thing to say, Hey, yeah, the film industry is kind of like a doggy dog kind of cutthroat. You never know. There's a lot of backstabbing in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I granted, like I'm working with the most precious, wonderful crew ever. Like, so I don't have bad experiences on set anymore, but man, I have some stories before I worked with them. So yeah, I think this, 
this kind of is like a real kind of punch to the gut. Like this is what the film industry actually is. Like if you want to make this, like you, you've got to have a thick skin and you've got to be able to work and that's that. <laughs> I, and I, I just think to kind of combine both of those things, Travis, you mentioned that that conversation he has at the end of the book about, Hey, like, that's my favorite part. I love don't, that. don't suffer. Right. If you want to keep your family together, you just got to understand that this is a job. They're going to ask yeah. you to make something and you're going to make it. Yeah. Don't try to do like very few people get to make the, the thing that they want to make. Right. Like not everybody's Quentin Tarantino in my head. Not everybody gets to do that. Somebody's got to make Spy Kids three, right? Like, so, like yeah, someone's making Air. It's Bud, a job. Air you got to get a job for a paycheck. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, but then to juxtapose that with the conversation he has at the beginning of the book with the guy who owns the studio that he's editing stuff for, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Ah, your marriage is done. You'll have one more kids, one more kid, and then you guys are done." Right? That's what happens. Right? Like this is what this is. Yeah. It's gonna churn you out and so those two things yeah you know he's like living through this this thing where like he's told hey you're gonna do this we're gonna do this movie you wrote it it's gonna be bad right like your your marriage is gonna break up and then you see that play out through a bulk of the story as like mm -hmm. things are just garbage right? right like he keeps screwing up you know he's he's juggling this and then to your point andrea it's this thing where like here's the film industry and here's what it's like and here's what it does and it's a job right and there's going to be pieces along the way where things are going to be bad and 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 you know it, it's just that you get this ride with him and travis you know you mentioned like this wasn't what you expected to be i expected it to be more about the film industry and the process of making this movie 100 right? yeah yeah but it ends up being this very much a, it reminds me of that indie film where you're just following this character and there is no real rising action or this right. big plot. No. Like, it's just, it's just things happening. You just feel like you're there with him and like, yeah. you're like kind of next to Seymour and just things are just happening around him and it's yeah. so chaotic. And uh, we're not talking about the art yet, but the art, even like was a struggle for me just because a lot of the characters look the same and that very cartoony art. And mm -hmm. so I had to go back. I'm like, Oh God, wait, who told him that? Who was this guy? So it's just, there's so many characters involved. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, it's overwhelming at some points because it's, it's, it's so chaotic. Well, I think to, uh, so we talked about like kind of the theme wise about the art and stuff like that is, and you know, what, what the reality of it is. But I think outside of that, this is kind of where I took away from it is we have Seymour, this character who's just full of so much ambition and love for yeah. something and how the industry he's in, which happens to be film in this case. So I think, it, I think anyone who has a career is just like Crushes they vampire. No, it's not even crushing. It's like they use it. <laughs> They they yeah, take it okay, they, yeah, they take yeah. advantage of it. I mean, we see in education all all the time. Young teachers come in, you know, they're ambitious. They can't say no to anything. They're taking on too much. They're sacrificing all their life. And no one, everyone, people, the middle and the top are like, yeah, let's. I mean, I don't care if this if this person doesn't last beyond this movie or this project or this job. I just, right. just, just, just want to moment right now. I just want to suck that. I just, I just want to use that ambition, that internal drive on, on there. And I think we see that in all industries. I think it's very um, universal to come into something and be ambitious and want to grow and, yeah. and 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 how people are like they see that in you. Right. And you're like, yeah, I can't wait for people to see my ambition. You're like, be careful because some people are going to misuse that ambition. Yeah. And I feel like that he, he hangs on for a pretty long time to like, oh man, if I just get this one thing to happen, like, it's going to be great. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's always, carrot he's always anticipating, right? Yeah. yeah. He's always into, and it's like his little dream is that carrot. And he's just like, ah, you know, I'll just get through this and I'll, yeah, I'll just do the editing or yeah, I'll give him the script, but I won't be able to direct, but you know, one day mm -hmm. something's going to happen. If and I go so, to this party, I if have I go to, to go. This party, right? Yeah, I, exactly. It, it so. feels very biopic, right? Very mm -hmm. bio, like where nothing happened. Like you're just, it's this guy's story yep. and something might happen to him in his career, but really we're just sitting in this moment with him. Right. Which this can sort be of like, tough at times. Like. Right. We're, we're just sitting in this moment with him as he's dealing with all this. And I want to talk about Seymour as a character. Andrew, you said like, I don't think there's anybody that's a great character in this thing. I don't think anybody's like necessarily a, 
a good character. Yeah, right? and, that, and I'm not saying that in a way that like this makes this not an enjoyable read. No, but it's but... like the Sopranos, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. You don't exactly. love it. Nobody's like a, a standout, like stand-up person in this. The baby, the baby in this book. The baby. Oh, no, baby. the baby's horrible. Not There's one bad thing to say about baby's baby. crying all the time. Oh, uh, let's let's talk let's a mom's trying to get some and the baby's crying right so let's let's <laughs> talk completely ignores it. yes uh let's talk she's a masturbating bit of, on the couch you should be watching her baby well hey, when you got it you got it uh but let's let's talk <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about seymour as a main character um like him don't like him what are the good things about him? What are the bad things about him? I think there's probably more bad, but what did it what did you feel like as you're reading this hanging out with Seymour? What were your what was your thought process for this guy? I mean, Andrew, you mentioned a little bit. You guys mentioned the idea of like, you know, he just keeps trying and he's got all this ambition, but but following him through this story, what do you see him as a character? What are your thoughts on it? Something I really liked about him that they only kind of just like they just kind of leaned over it was um, just his love of movies and horror movies. Cause I'm like, Oh, like little moments where he's like, well, you know, and he was talking about like, he's kind of geeking out for Bella about, Lugosi, like an old, like uh, Bella Lugosi, yeah, you know what I mean? And like, as someone who's just like monsters all over her wall, I just, I felt like, Oh yeah, I totally get that. And like, yeah. I am that person, but they didn't really rest in that very long. Right. So it's just like, I knew that part of him and just, I knew he loved movies and that was the thing that was really, really pushing him. And he had, I think he had like this like pie in the sky, kind of old Hollywood glamor, like idea of what movies were supposed to be in his head. And he, he just kind of hangs on to that. But, um, and I like that on set, when he does get the opportunity to direct that he seems very capable and people seem to trust him even like when he's not, I mean, like people just ask him questions and yeah. he seems to really know what he's talking about and people trust him. I mean, it still bites him in the ass because he still gets let go. They still finish the film without him, spoiler alert, and they still have the rap party without him. I mean, which I thought was very strange, but I guess that's just like, it's supposed to be just very backstabby, but those were aspects of him that I really liked. Yeah. Um, the rest of it, I was just like, oh, can you just stop? being an idiot and like just getting so drunk or like just yeah. raging so much. He's just so rageful. I just like, well, I, <laughs> so I, think it, I think it ends up being this escape, right? Cause yeah, he's, yeah. he's no, got no, these hundred percent. I right. mean, y'all have our coping mechanisms, right? But, but it's no, just like, but I mean like he's got these two things, right? He's starting this, this fatherhood and marriage. And then he's starting this thing as yeah. a, a movie career and, he uses one to escape from the other and yeah. the other to escape from the other. And, and like, there are moments when he's like, I, okay, I'm just going to go do this thing. Right? right. And he's like, you know, he gets, he gets upset and he gets drunk and he crashes his car. Or he gets, yeah. you know, he makes some, some poor choices. Uh, what about the scene where they're like at the party, his wife isn't there and he's there. And like the one guy like pulls the dress up over the like, Gail's head he and like, Girl. I don't yeah. think he mur murders her. I think yeah. he like makes her pass out or whatever. And then like pours alcohol on her head, like waterboards her. Right. Yeah. Like a very like. And then it's never discussed again because he's he... like, well, I'm going to go now. Like Seymour says, yeah. well, I'm going to go now or whatever. And he dips out. I'm like, you're just going to later days but... when this girl's on. Oh, like, it's but like, it's like feels... Babylon. Right. Yes. That's what oh I'm my saying. God. Was, I didn't see. That's the thing. Like, I didn't know if either of you guys had seen Babylon, but I was like, oh God, this is very Babylon, which unpopular opinion. I totally loved Babylon, but it's good. That's, it. Yeah, it was fun. But, but it yeah. feels very much like that. He's not a lovable character, right? No. You just You just watch him struggle this entire time yeah. and make poor decisions. And because of those decisions of letting people kind of take advantage or just his inability to be like you know what i'm not going to do that thing right mm. or just so he keeps getting sort of beat upside the head throughout the whole thing like yeah it's weird i think the thing that's the most strange for me in this story travis i want you to talk about seymour and, and uh, let me i'm going to put this on pause yeah, uh, like travis how about you share what did you think about seymour as a character and then i want to make this point of yeah. something that i was like where did that come from yeah. i agree with what you guys said I, I will add something i think interesting choice making him from baghdad Right, because um, uh, it, it it doesn't seem it doesn't come up a lot in the plot. 
um, there were a couple of cultural touchstones in there, but really yeah. it, it was a sense of like, hey, we're not going to fetishize and we have this character who's from Baghdad. And so now, you know, he's yeah. going to hallucinate that they're like, and it's going to be an old, you know, whatever it is coming and see him. So I really like that. And I think that emphasizes what we've been talking about, about which world is he giving his focus to? This domestic yeah. family life, his film set life, and this this kind of running trope of immigration, what it means to yeah. be a part of two worlds, right? So mm-hmm. we have him, you know, originally from being from Baghdad, now he's living in Hollywood. He's got one foot in the film world, one foot in there, separating himself out into so many pieces that he's not doing any of them well. Right, right. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that kind of struck me in the story that kind of felt like it was out of nowhere, not that there wasn't a reason for it, but when his wife just goes to visit family in Auckland and stays, like doesn't come back, isn't answering the phone. Like, I know he screwed up. I've seen that screw up. Like he's, he's like just dove deep in this, but there's, you don't, I didn't get the sense that that was going to happen. And then it happens and yeah. you're like, okay. And he seems okay with it. Like he's calling, but he hasn't gone over there yet. She's not doing, he's wrapped up in the movie. And then eventually he runs over there, gets into a fight with a guy and then they're back home. Yeah. And I I felt like there was a lot of, there were some beats in this story where it was like, oh, that happened. Okay, we're not doing that anymore. Okay, that's happening. Okay, we're not doing that anymore. Big fight in the car. Now they're playing with the kid in the carpet. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and And I think, I wonder if in film, had this, you know, and, and you compare this to film because I think it's about film, right? And I think that happens with visual mediums anyways, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a novel. It's a comic book. So it lends itself to be kind of compared to other visual mediums. And I wonder if in film, the cuts between scenes would make that clearer, right? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, but I just go like, he gets punched out. And then the next thing, like, and then that guy in Auckland's riding away on his motorcycle. And then we're back. Right? Yeah. You know, which I, which I thought crashed the way they were doing the art and right. i was like oh maybe that <laughs> where's the story going with this right but it was just like the way to end that that episode or that piece right it just yeah it just seemed like his his it's almost like his wife and him just never seemed to like each other like ever or at the it, same time or at the same time yeah at the same time yeah i mean they even have they have sex which i was like Oh, this is. I think our, our very... first our first comic penis that we we've had. Yeah, I was like, well, this is a little horny set of pages. Um, but like they they start like they're like asleep and then they start fooling around and then she's like on top of him and like taking charge and then all of a sudden he's on top of her and then she like obviously the the art's implying that he finishes and she's just like looking miserable. So I'm just like. Okay, and I feel like that was like every scene with them, <laughs> and it yeah. was just a little exhausting because, like, then at the end they're like, "Hey, friend, like, it's fine," because I guess they because they talk about the story about the the mice and the cat and putting the bell on the cat, and I guess it's implying that they're the mice protecting each other from the cat. I don't know, like that was an interesting well, piece. Can I can I ask you guys on that yeah. relationship yeah. aspect since you guys are in, in these uh, uh, relationships? Uh, do you feel like, <laughs> do you feel that that you guys, is, you guys are in a, you guys are both married. What's, yeah. Let's talk um, about, that. about it. Do you, do you think, do you like stories like this that try to kind of pull that curtain back and show the like, Hey, yeah. Like no one talks about it. Like, no, like even with, maybe with other couple friends, but you're always kind of maybe like sugarcoating a little bit, but like the, just the sense of like how there are just moments of almost hate. For this other yeah. person, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. that's—I mean, that's—I mean, it's real. I mean, this is a very—it's uh, a real heavy kind of version. These of people that. do not like, need to be married for sure. They no, they really should be. The whole time, I'm like, can you guys just peace out? But but then for them to just kind of—I don't feel like they earned their ending. Like so, you know, I don't, like as to just be like everything's fine, and I'm like, there's zero but discussion. But I don't. About but I don't but think I the feel like they're done. unhealthy enough that they wouldn't discuss it, I guess. Yeah. And I don't think so, the story's done, right? I, I like I see this like, oh, this is gonna happen. But do you know that the house that they're in at the end is the house of the guy in the middle? Yeah. That's does what, that weird vignette. That's yeah. why that's why I think it works as an ending, is because he died in that house alone. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. And Maybe which yeah. which is what could happen if our Seymour were to throw everything in the film. Like if he's going right. to pick his right. lane and throw it in the film. Great. You're going to have that and you might be successful the way you want to be, but you will lose everything else. And yeah. so it, now it, we have he is he is a, he is a moment of rebirth in the ruins of another person's failure. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I want to talk about. I did about. think that was really cool. Yeah. I want to talk about those two vignettes really quick. Travis, you just nailed that one. We get this pause of like, here is the Hollywood story where the guy who is nothing becomes this giant in the Hollywood industry, right? Yeah. But dies alone, nothing but this Miserable. big house to show yeah. for it, right? And then you end the story with, you know, he and his wife together exploring this broken down. It, it's nothing. No one lives in this place. No one cares about it. It's this empty mansion that they're kind of just, you know, breaking into and like going around in. And so this shell of this thing. And so they end their story together, kind of like you said, this rebirth in this thing. The other story about, is that Ida? Is that his his wife's yeah. name? Ida. Yeah. Ida's mother in the Holocaust. I'm trying to figure out where that fits in the idea of this story, other than like <clears throat> she loses her family in the Holocaust and starts over. But I don't know how that fits in, aside from the immigrant story, aside right. from the she moves to Auckland and gets everything, you know, is able to start over and seems like things are good they own the store all those things is that just the story of like this is the family you know she finds a new husband everything works they start everything this is a family sticks together it's good versus the other one i'm trying to figure out what that vignette means or what its purpose is did did either of you kind of nail what that was or kind of see what that was for i mean they they really because ida and seymour both being jewish they're different yes uh, different uh I don't want to say it like regions, religious regions. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Different sects of Judaism. Yes. Um, But neither of them really seem very outwardly like practicing or do, you know what I mean? That's like, we just acknowledge that they are and they make comments about it. Like, um, like Seymour's family doesn't treat Ida very well. They don't think of her as she's really Jewish because of her sect of Judaism and her family is very like quiet and reserved. And they like, I don't know, but so like, there's not really any, like, cause we're talking about how they're Jewish immigrants, but like, that's, that's the only thing that's like really saying here, here's this part of this, but it's right. Holocaust, you know, I, so I don't know. Like, that's the only thing I can think it could be this sense too, like Josh, you were kind of hinting at this as well as a sense of like she had she had her life taken from her, and right. these these yeah. people by by not investing their their time and attention into one thing in particular are giving up their lives. Yeah, uh, and, okay. and 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 there's that sense of uh, yes, we're not comparing like corporations or the film industry or maybe even our jobs to the Nazis or a Holocaust, right. but the sense of th- that there are, there are these external forces that, you know, can, can take away your life, whether you know or not, if, if you give them that attention. Right. Uh, and yeah. yeah. And or is it the built, daily, she... or is it like the daily toll of motherhood? Like that's Indeed. what that yeah. is. She's just working as a mom and then she loses her kid and is just toiling through being in the camp. And then it switches to her toiling as a mom again, right? This, like her being the tired mom. When she she doesn't, it's doesn't, she doesn't seem super happy or fulfilled. You know what I mean? It just seems like she's doing her job, I guess, quote unquote. Yeah, she was working at a yeah. factory too when she was there was a couple of scenes when they show her at the mm-hmm. factory there. Yeah, yeah, like after she's doing the same thing and then she just looks I don't know, it's hard for me to figure out what that piece is. I was also interested that like the the Hollywood one was in color, but this yeah, vignette, lo- it's like yeah, I was like oh, look, vignette, it's technicolor. <laughs> but this vignette was not in well, color. Hold on, hold on. What what about what about this? Yeah. What about tone-wise? So this is towards like the Holocaust thing comes in like 3/4 the way to the book. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm thinking about this now and reading it going from this 
domestic Hollywood story into this Holocaust thing, you think it'd be very jarring as far as tones. But honestly, it felt like what was happening with that character, it, it, it made me feel as bad as what was happening before in the more domestic uh-huh. work-related things. And so yeah. the idea of it, it, should, it shouldn't be, right? Like it, the way we would think about it normally would be like, oh, now we have this Holocaust scene and that uh, all of a sudden it gets real dark. I was like, whoa, that but was there, so dark. I was like, yeah, no, it really wasn't it that had much. the same heaviness yeah. that you were carrying throughout the entire story. I wonder if that's it is to like, it's almost like a challenge is like, can I make a story so heavy that I can drop a Holocaust scene in there? <laughs> and like nothing and, changes. Yeah, no one skips a beat. <laughs> well, I think it's a strange because the Hollywood vignette happens in the middle of the book and about 150 pages is that one. And this one happens right at the end where she's in, where, you know, like Ida has moved to Auckland and we kind of see this story of her mother living her life in Budapest and then being in the concentration camp, then getting out of the concentration camp and just working and then going to Auckland and then that new life for her there. And I'm just like, I wonder, is it the, you think that your trials and tribulations are tough? Like you think having a husband who is like kind of married to his job is bad. Like I lost my husband and my child and I was in a concentration camp and I'm still like, I'm still a great mom. I'm to you. I'm still here. I'm still taking care of people. I like trying to figure out what that, like, it is it the, it could be like your troubles are not that bad, but she's like with her daughter, like, no, it's okay. Yes. We're taking care of you. But she's like, I lot, like they stripped a child out of my arms and it was murdered in the Holocaust. Like mm-hmm. this is your tragedy is not this tragedy. Like I'm just like it's hard for me to kind of figure out what well, that the mom piece is the mom about. is super judgy yeah. at the end. She's like observing and like giving cold stares. Like, oh, yeah, just pick up the she, phone for your husband. Just don't yeah. go out with this guy. Take your sister out with you. You know. Yeah. 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 So it's it's like hard for me to it's hard for me to kind of figure out what that piece is about because we didn't spend enough time with mom and dad to see what no and and all the moments we had they're very that that family is very reserved and like not really you're not getting a whole lot from them in those moments and so yeah. this was this was an interesting uh peel back the curtain and say oh this is what happened to her yeah. um and how horrible but yeah i don't it was yeah it was just an interesting trying to figure out what what the what the what the what that was trying to mean and i i wanted to look for like an interview or something with with sammy to see if i could find it but i didn't i couldn't i like search for the book and i just found a bunch of reviews of the book i didn't i found any. a bunch of reviews and people who just lost their who really liked those moments like the the holly the old hollywood in color and then the the holocaust moment I, and then people who absolutely hated it the, <laughs> the, like... the pacing the pacing in the holocaust one like the mm-hmm. story how it's the same thing over and over yeah. again but it's like <clears throat> Here's what it's like for me to toil as a mom. Here's what it's like for me to not toil, but here's what it's like to go through my day-to-day as a mom. Mm-hmm. Here's my day-to-day just, and it's such so many panels at 16 panel grid, like that yeah. Watchmen style, Travis, where we're just going through the motions. It was really interestingly paced and that in and of itself would be a great little short story. Yeah. Right? Like that piece right there. I'm like, oh, that's just a cool, like, I don't know, whatever it is, five page story that's kind of plunked down in here Mm -hmm. um let's talk art let's talk art to kind of move this into the the next part of this i feel like we could talk about this book for like five hours i just like i just it's something to dissect right it's like something to dissect as opposed to like oh superman flies and he saves (laughs) you know he saves metropolis right or whatever oh my god do that voice forever please (laughs) uh but uh, (laughs) you know let's talk about the art travis I am curious because I feel I know you and I know your taste because we've done so many books over the years. How did you handle the art in this? I know you've you've grown an appreciation for a little more cartoony, but this is black and white and very cartoony and very like indie comic-y sort of like what what was your thought on yeah, it? Yeah, it is very what, uh uh Marjan, like a Persepolis. Um, yeah. This is this is probably about as as like deep as I would 
maybe you want to go like indie wise i mean i guess after this it's it'd be experimental in, in this vein if you wanted to strip it down even more uh and yeah. make it more of this cartoony and stuff like that um i i you know i i'm, I'm used to it at this point i will say um the the parts where the story gets a little bit slower and we're, and he's really kind of drawing it out for like a tone or emotional effect the art doesn't make that any easier, right? The sense that like, yeah. okay, here's a slower part, but there's some interesting things happening within the panels visually. Um, so that kind of, you know, takes you up there. There's, yeah. there's really nothing, this art doesn't really allow, it It, it, it does tells it, it, there's the no story. filler. There's no filler in, in, in this right. art. There's, there's no like, but look at this, right? <laughs> so um, there is, it, it is, I would say that's when I noticed the art the most uh, as yeah. far as being an obstacle in some ways when it comes to indie art is where the story would get a little bit slower. And I'm like, well, now the story is slow and the art is very stripped down and bare. Like, what am I, what am I, what am I getting out of these 10 pages? Yeah. yeah. I, I think you're right. There is like one, I just looked at a, a page right now and he heavily uses that sort of comic strippy, multiple panels right like there's a page right now 12 13 14 15 16 17 like 24 panels on one page where he's using these really small panels to show you how they're going to do the special effects i was like that's really cool i love that sort of like showing how they're going to make the her face melt i yeah. love and that oh. like that's a really cool way to use and it's it indie and it tells you this thing and then i that was great i loved that scene as he's like in the movie waiting around and like talking to people and he puts the monster mask on it's this very funny sort of piece and then he uses the pacing to kind of go like okay we're filming the movie yeah I'm the wash darkness yeah of the schedule yeah oh, lots wow. of panels but <laughs> then there's sometimes like this is he the pacing with the art where he's giving you panel to panel to kind of really play out these scenes i really enjoyed it it made it feel very cinematic even though to me cinema is often sort of that that big wide panel that we get this felt very sort of you can see the motion going on right so i really appreciated that but it is very indie and, and andrea you mentioned like not being able to tell some of the characters apart it's because right it, when you have especially. so many and like everybody has a similar look to them and it's only like a, a sprig of hair or something you know what i mean or a highlight yeah his his that's, wife his wife has the like piece that comes down by yeah. her ear that's how you know it's her and not the page who works for him on the movie set yeah well and then her sister her. comes in and looks exactly like her but she's like a little like they he like makes her face droopier. A little, like yeah a droopier yeah. but it's like when you're working at this pace, I'm like, oh, I also have to pay attention to this as well. And so I did have to flip back and forth a little bit. And I, guys, I'm like, I'm a Disney girl. Like, I love like a very, like, I don't know. I'm a different art type person. <laughs> this is not my first pick of, of well, art. They're, it's, they're ugly cartoons, right? They're not yeah. meant to look cute, right? Yeah, it was, is... It's like if the Sunday funnies were that's like what it a 300-page book, and that's like, that's, it can be tough. And uh, Travis, I agree in those moments where it's a little bit slower. There's not all this hot action happening. Like it got to be like, okay, what we have a lot of panels and they're all just these very, you said stripped down, like, you know, and that, so that was a little, that was a little tough art wise for me, yeah. but I do love what Josh, when you're talking about the wide shot, like when you think cinematic wide, shot, like I love these big, beautiful, like single panel pages that just like showed like it was like an establishing shot for a movie it was so right. cool like i really loved those those well, are really he he does a lot of the drives the commutes he'll show those out yeah. in panels the entire time which i thought was really yeah. neat because you get a sense of what their areas of la are like you see exactly. them multiple times like from just different drawn angles which yep. like hey la is a small town when you're driving from set to home to set to home to uh, editing bay to home to editing bay to home to party to hot dog stand to the place you eat yep. and so you you start to kind of know their neighborhood you start to mm -hmm. understand yeah. the the boundaries of their world and how it can feel very entrapping when it's like oh it's the same route we've seen him take back home on different occasions and this is the same yeah. hot dog place he ate with his wife last night and this is yep. you know yeah, I I think 
I think for me, I think the art is, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's this very indie comic, you, you know, it's, it's, he, he did all of the writing. He, he, you know, drew it. He did the ink washes on it. All that stuff is him. He's created this. So I go like, okay, you know, Travis, we read ducks. It reminded me a lot of Kate Beaton and ducks, like, you know, lots of little panels to tell a lot of story in as many pages as you can. Right. Right. Cause you're telling these action beats and it's not like any jump down from the top of the building. You want to be like, <clears throat> you want to show how hectic is it? How hectic is it to like take all this luggage to get your wife to the airport? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I'm going to do, I'm going to do that in 16 panels and he's going to be like dropping stuff. <laughs> and it feels very Beetle Bailey. Yeah, bit, right? yeah, it, feel, yeah. it feels a little like, um, like you said, Andrew, that Sunday morning cartoon. I was a kid who read the Sunday comics religiously oh 100 even the ones my dad I would pull the page out and leave it for yeah. me and he was even the ones paper. i didn't like i would read because yeah. like that was i got that every sunday right mm-hmm. so my dad only got the sunday paper we didn't get a paper delivered but he would we would go he'd go to the gas station or whatever because we lived in the middle of nowhere and get the sunday paper and we would read sunday i would read the sunday comics always that was my that was one of my favorite things so i yeah. i have like just a soft spot for comic art like this like i don't it's not pretty it's not amazing but i there's just something about it that's sort of like nostalgic for me but 300 pages of that exactly and i feel this i feel the same way like i was really like oh this is kind of but then i'm like oh this is this is a lot there's a reason why comics are strips you know i think i I think reading it digitally you don't even get that nostalgic like paper yeah yeah. Sunday funnies, uh, uh, connection to Piece it. Piece of it. Yeah. So I would, I would tell you, so let's, let's land, let's land really quickly. <laughs> how we, what are our ending thoughts on having read this? Um, Andrea, you don't read a lot of comic books. We make you read comic books. You read this one, what you you're done with it now. What are your feelings? You read this. How do you feel about having read this? I I'm really glad I read it. Um, I, I feel like I could read it a couple more times uh, just because there's so it's so layered. Like I would really like to say, what did I miss? You know what I mean? What can I, what else can I take from this story? Yeah. Um. So I really liked it. Like I, 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 I thought I was going to like it like out the gate, like you said, but I had a different right. idea of what it was going to be. And I, I didn't hate what it was. I think I need a, you know, palate cleanser after it, but I, I definitely could read it again and I'm happy it's in my collection. Plus I have a dope ass cover. It looks All right. Cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think Travis, this is the, this is the problem. Like you read this digitally. So you don't get the bonus of like, I know you don't, I don't, I don't get a trophy. I don't get a trophy. You don't have yeah. a trophy. I, that's why I where bought, someone comes I, to your place and they're like, lovers and they pull it off shelf was, and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, well, shock- <laughs> yeah. It was shockingly inexpensive. Like normally I look at this. It was like, cheap for a hardcover. This cover. is going to be expensive. I was like, what? It's like 18 bucks. I got yeah. this book. It was, a, it was crazy. A cheap hardcover because it's not color. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Travis, you read this. What are your feelings? You How know, do you feel about it? You said you came into this saying like, I want to talk about it because I want to know if it changes my mind or gives me a different thought yeah, about I, I, it. What are it, your it definitely about? has. And like, uh, Andrea, I think that it is something that I have to sit with a little bit. But I find we do a lot of comic books on this show, and some of the the more traditional stuff. Like if you ask me what happened in that book, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember what happened in that book, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But these indie ones tend to stick with me a little bit more. Like story ducks, ducks kind of haunts me. You know, um, uh, under now. underwater welder kind of hunts me. All my ghosts. There, there are things that are very. Um, unique and, and and for this one in particular is i don't i don't hate it but i don't know so to say i can love it and i might grow to love but there is definitely something there and as a storyteller i'm just curious what it is because it, it's not like a, a film where it's like well it's the acting performance that really that's that's why you want to watch marriage stories because these two performers in here are like even Our, though yeah. the story is like this or like but that's a hell of a performance or sometimes it's a plot oh it's a plot i've never seen what interesting so from a storytelling perspective it really seems to be what like the long the long collection of moments 
right? The yeah. collage of moments, which I think is a really difficult route for a storyteller to put themselves in. Like, hey, yeah. I'm going to tell a story that's not really about a plot, nor it's going to be about the performance of, of the, the characters. It's going to be about just kind of the arrangement and the collection of these moments in their lives. And I'm going to let the reader put it together in a side of that. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, it's a super risky yeah. thing, and I think it cannot work. Yeah. I think he has enough in here to make it work, but he's forcing me to do the work, which I don't mind. Yeah, I guess for me, it ends up being like, Andrew, you do this. You watch the Oscar movies that are going to be on the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I just watched an Oscar movie that I was like, "Eh, I'll watch it. But I mean, it was it was good. It's one of those things where you feel like you accomplished something like Mm -hmm. you did something kind of like arty because you read this thing. Right. Like (laughs) I'm a. I went and, you know, like, I, there's going to be a new Godzilla movie. I'm going to go see Godzilla and Kong with a robot arm fight stuff. That's that's the movies I go see in the theater, This right? is This is the chickpeas of uh, literature, <laughs> right? We're like, okay, it's not completely wholesome, but it's it's better than... <laughs> yeah, right? But it was, I, like, I'm glad I read it. It's an interesting read. I'm curious, like like you said, Travis, where I sit with it as it, as it, as it goes. I'm glad I read it because we read so many things in the show. I mean, we read, like... I don't know, 18 to 20 comics for the year. And I'm glad that we picked something that feels very unlike a lot of stuff we read. I think Ducks is was last year's sort of, you know, indie comic. You know, you can go and we said, oh, we did Underwater Welder a while ago, but we don't do a lot of books like this. So it felt really, I was like, okay, all right, I, I can I can dig this. Le Petit feels like this, you know, those sort of like indie books that we check out. So I'm glad I read it. I think when we look back, at the end of the year over what we read, we'll be like, that was a really interesting book. Well, right? this one will be one you remember. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it'll be the, my number one read. No. At, at, at the same time, Josh, one of the reasons why we don't read a lot of these books is not because we haven't tried the, of right. the books that don't make the show, because we're like, uh, I don't know if I, if I have enough positive things or, uh, perspective on this. Talk about. They, they tend to be books like this, where it's like, Oh, yeah. cool premise interesting idea and then we start reading it and it's just like uh i don't know if uh, do i want to talk about yeah. eating my vegetables for 30 yeah. minutes right like that that's kind of that's kind of because it feels like eating my it's good for me it felt like i feel like i got something out like, of it we right? never some, did fun home even though we both own right. it now oh some some comic oh. book nutrients in there but I, I didn't really get it so i want to wrap us up Andrea, thank you for coming on. I think, Travis, we found the sort of thing when we have to, when we're doing a book like this, maybe we need a third person in order to, or to really dive into this. So any books over 300 pages. Andrea, Andrea, you're you're coming on. I'm ready. (laughs) Any weird, any weird indie books that will need someone, another person to help carry the conversation. You're in, you're in. Um, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Andrew, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, you can find us over at comicexposure.com. Follow us, like us, rate us, review us, whatever on the podcast app you're on. Travis and I have more episodes and more books we're reading this year. I don't know what they are. We're going to figure them out. One of them's a manga because mm-hmm. I read one. I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of fun. Let's do that. Uh, and this Google call is about to end on us. So with that, everybody, we'll see you next trade. 